Greetings, friends, and welcome back to Catechesis. In Lesson 24, we will be considering Baptist Catechism Question 28, which asks, How does Christ execute the office of a priest? And the answer is that Christ executes the office of a priest in his once offering up of himself, a sacrifice to satisfy divine justice and reconcile us to God, and in making continual intercession for us. Now, before we go any further, I wish to remind you of the parent question, to question 28. And and by parent question, I mean that question that started it all off. Uh, Remember that with question 26, we began to consider the work of Christ with this question. What offices does Christ execute as our Redeemer? And it is very helpful to talk about the work of Christ in terms of his offices, I'll remind you that to hold an office is to be appointed to an official position with particular responsibilities, and our catechism rightly teaches that Christ holds three offices all at once, saying, Christ, as our Redeemer, executeth the offices of a prophet, of a priest, and of a king, both in his state of humiliation and exaltation. In the Old Covenant, times. There were prophets, there were priests, and there were kings. But here we are learning that Christ is all of these things simultaneously and supremely. Question 27 of our catechism helped us to understand what Christ does for us as the prophet. Question 29 will help us to understand what Christ does for us as the king. But here in question 28, the focus is on Christ as priest. Again, how does Christ execute the office of a priest? What does he do for us in this capacity? And the answer is that Christ executes the office of a priest in his once offering up of himself a sacrifice to satisfy divine justice and reconcile us to God and in making continual intercession for us. This question can be divided neatly into three parts. The answer to it can, at least. First of all, we are to see that Christ offered himself up to satisfy divine justice. Uh, This he did on our behalf. Uh, This he did once. Uh, He also, as our priest, reconciled us to God. And thirdly, he makes continual intercession for us. So we will consider these three things as we move through the answer to question 28. First of all, let us consider that Christ offered himself up a sacrifice to satisfy divine justice. In fact, uh, our catechism teaches that this he did once. Uh, Christ does not offer himself up continually. He does not need to. He declared, it is finished, as he hung on that tree. Notice that he offered up himself a sacrifice to satisfy divine justice. This should grab our attention if we know anything about the priests who served under the Old Covenant, we know that they offered sacrifices up to God on behalf of the people, but they did not offer themselves up to God. They could not, for they themselves were sinful and needed sacrifices to be offered up on their behalf. And so they offered up animal sacrifices under that Old Covenant form of worship. And this they did continuously. But Christ, once again, offered up himself, and this he did only once because his sacrifice was, in fact, pure and perfect and did actually take away sins. Uh, The writer to the Hebrews has much to say about this. And notice, lastly, concerning this first portion of the answer to question 28, 
Christ offered himself up as a sacrifice to satisfy divine justice. Uh, This is what Christ accomplished as he offered himself up. He, among other things, satisfied divine justice. What does this phrase mean? Well, this is uh, referring to the fact that when Christ died, he died not for his own sins, but for the sins of others. And he did, in fact, take upon himself the just wrath of God. Sin is to be punished. God, being the perfect judge, uh, the judge of all the earth, must punish sin. And this he did by laying it upon Christ. Uh, Christ uh, took our place when it comes to the bearing of the wrath of God. Uh, That is what is being taught here in some reform with these words, that Christ offered up himself a sacrifice to satisfy divine justice. Now, the scriptures do speak to this. 1 Peter 2, 24, we read that he, Christ, himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. Hebrews 9.28 also speaks to this, and you'll notice that these are listed as proof texts by our catechism. So Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly waiting for him. Uh, So here, the first portion of of Hebrews 9.28 is uh, speaking to what Christ accomplished In his earthly ministry, he offered himself up once to bear the sins of many. And Ephesians 5.2 says that we are to walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. So notice that he gave himself up for us, but there was a Godward orientation to his sacrifice as well. He offered himself up a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Uh, there was something about what Christ did that was pleasing to God the Father. And then lastly, I'll read Hebrews 2.17, which says, Therefore he had to be made like his brothers in every respect, so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. Now, There is a lot that is said here in this verse and in the surrounding verses um, concerning the priesthood of Christ. But here, this verse is listed as a proof text to um, this portion of the catechism because of the word propitiation. Uh, Here we are reminded uh, that Christ, when he died, offered himself up to God. He did bear the wrath of God. He took it upon himself and in our place. Such an important doctrine, and it's a doctrine that many deny these days, but the scriptures do clearly speak to the matter. Secondly, notice that Christ as our high priest does reconcile us to God, and we we should recognize this, that one of the primary functions of a priest, uh, an old covenant priest, here is what I have in mind, is to mediate between God and man. Um, Indeed, the priest is to stand in between, and the the priest is to uh, draw the people near and bring them to God and to represent them before God. There is this act of reconciliation uh, that is taking place. Now, of course, 
the old covenant priests could not reconcile the people to God actually. Um, again, because they could not pay for the sins of the people, for they themselves had sin, etc., etc. But uh, there was that function of mediation that was taking place even under the old covenant. Uh, but Christ did this actually. Uh, Christ has reconciled us to God by taking away our sins, uh, by making us pure, um, by bringing us into God's family so that we might be adopted as sons. And Hebrews 7.25 does speak to this, which our, um, which our catechism does list. Consequently, he is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. Uh, so we are to draw near to God through Christ, Elsewhere, we are reminded that there is only one mediator between God and man, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we can only come to the Father through the Son. He is the one who has reconciled us to the Father. He is the one who has made peace between God and us by dealing with our sin, which once separated us from God and made us deserving only of his wrath. Having so graciously loved us and having paid for our sins, we are now able to, through him, call God Father. It is a beautiful truth, a wonderful truth for us to consider. And so Christ, as our great high priest, um, he has accomplished many things. Uh, he offered up himself a sacrifice to satisfy divine justice, but he has also reconciled us to God if we have faith in him. And, and then lastly, the Catechism teaches that he makes continual intercession for us. Um, what does it mean for Christ to make intercession for us? It means that he goes to the Father on our behalf. Um, what a wonderful thought. What a beautiful truth that we have an advocate uh, in heaven, Christ Jesus our Lord, that he represents us in the heavenly places. In fact, we are there uh, in the heavenly places because we are united to him by faith. When we talk about intercession, we think of prayer and indeed, we can intercede on behalf of others. We can go to the Father in prayer for them. But Christ does this supremely as our great and merciful high priest. And in fact, uh, the confession reminds us that he does this continually. And we should be very comfort comforted by uh, this thought. Uh, Romans 8.34 teaches this very thing. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died, more than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Romans, of course, being written after the death, burial, and resurrection of the Christ, of course. Uh, and the Apostle Paul, as he considered the Christ and his great work as our high priest, says he is now, uh, even after his death, burial, and resurrection and ascension to the Father's right hand, he is now interceding for us um, and on our behalf um, to the Father. A wonderful teaching here, brothers and sisters. I pray that you are warmed by the thought that Christ is our great and merciful high priest. I must ask you, is Christ your priest, though? Is he your mediator? Um, have you come to the Father through faith in him? Have you been reconciled to God through him? Now, pastors have a priestly function, Pastors are to pray for the people of God. They are con to conduct a corporate worship uh, and, in a sense, bringing people into the presence of God, Lord's Day after Lord's Day. Fathers have a priestly function in the home. They are to intercede for 
their family, for their children as they lead within the home. All Christians, in fact, have a priestly function. Uh, and here I simply have in mind that we are to go to the Father on behalf of others uh, in prayer. But only Christ, only Christ is the true mediator between God and man. The only way we can be made right with God is through faith in him. This is what the scriptures clearly teach. There is only one way, and it is through faith in the risen Lord. So is Christ your priest? Is he your mediator? Have you placed your faith in him? Have you trusted in him? Have you turned from your sins and cried out to God uh, to have mercy upon you in Christ Jesus by virtue of what he has done in his life, death, burial, resurrection, and ascension? Is he your priest? And then I would encourage you, if it is true that he is, to pray to the Father through the Son and by the Spirit. That is a little phrase that you should have in your minds. Uh, We are to pray to the Father through the Son and by the Spirit. In fact, when we pray in the name of Jesus, um, we often use that little phrase kind of as a way to conclude our prayers. In the name of Jesus, I pray, amen, we say. Uh, I don't know that we have to do that, in fact, but to pray in the name of Jesus means that we are coming to the Father in Christ uh, through him. with faith in him, uh, by virtue of what he has accomplished. That is what it means to pray in Jesus' name. Um, We we pray in the name of Jesus, saying that all of our trust and confidence is in Christ and what he has accomplished on our behalf. So we are to pray to the Father, through the Son, and by the Spirit, for the Spirit is our helper, the Holy Scriptures teach. And then lastly, by way of conclusion and application, I, I say, Please do know that Christ sympathizes with your weaknesses. This is one of the most comforting doctrines, I think, concerning Christ as our great high priest. We, we have someone in heaven who can sympathize with our weaknesses, having experienced what we experience in this life, yet without sin. Uh, he knows what it is to suffer. He knows what it is to be betrayed. He knows what it is to be mistreated. He knows what it is to experience physical pain. He knows all of these things, for he was truly human. So once again, I ask, how does Christ execute the office of a priest? Christ executes the office of a priest in his once offering up of himself a sacrifice to satisfy divine justice and reconcile us to God and in making continual intercession for us. Brothers and sisters, until next time, abide in Christ.